Welcome back, Seahawks Nest fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sando, joined, as always, by the Tyler Lockett, to my Doug Baldwin. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, pretty good. Uh, that's very accurate, seeing as my knees hurt all the time. Yeah, and uh, our very own Amara Darbo. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Hey, man. I'm here. You're definitely the tallest person I'm in the on room. The t- I'm on the team <laughs> for now. I'm making it. I'm making it happen. All right. Uh, um, a light light week in uh, Seahawks news, but let's get right down to it. Uh, I would say my number one Seahawks story of this week was the interview with Brian Schottenheimer at OTAs. Schottenheimer said, we're going to keep 70% of what is done here before. I'm gonna, that's the first quote I'm going to tell you guys about. 70% of what we've done before. How does that make you feel, Eric, as a the noted bevel hater of the podcast? <laughs> really, am I? Uh, I think you're the one that hated him the most. Kevin, probably second most, me by far the least. I would I would say I was very I was very I measured in everything I said about him. Here's the thing, though. I also say that you hate Tom Cable the most, and so that's kind of the I I, I hated them both equally. Okay, Kevin <laughs> Kevin was second on both, <laughs> which is which is by far the most. I'm breaking so. the line. Okay, so yeah, he had the most total hate. His uh, hate aggregate was very high. <laughs> Per, hate per capita, Kevin yeah, outscores exactly us it. all. I'm the uh, India of hate per capita. I'll say this. I saw that. I, I read that. Uh, I watched the sound clip, and then I read an article on Seahawks.com. And at first, I was like, no, 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 don't don't say this. This isn't going to sound good. But honestly, 70%. Okay, how much are we going to run the ball? We're It's it's not like our offensive line said, hey, we're adopting 70% of Tom, Tom Cable's strategies. We are uh, we're still going to run the ball a lot. Which, if you're keeping seventy percent of Tom of a uh, Bevel's playbook, you're going to have a lot of runs in there. But we already know the type of offense that Schottenheimer likes to run, and that is not what Bevel runs. Also, he probably can't turn this offense loose or turn it to ten per se in the first year. It's a lot for all the players to take in. Now, Eric, you, it's funny you bring up the run because his other quote that I was going to bring up, Schottenheimer said he hopes to see that the Seahawks have the ability to run the football. When you know you are going to run the football. Yeah. Kevin, in 2018 in the NFL, is this the dumbest thing that you can try to do? Uh, I don't know because at the same time, that just makes the play action more open. If you can force them to keep like a, uh, a run-stopping linebacker on the field and when you have slot receivers like we do, that's a really good thing. So I'm hearing this as messaging around, we need to be able to run anywhere and everywhere because we need to be able to play action all day, every day. I, I play think, action, Russell Wilson, always gets me excited. I actually think that he's trying to f- uh, mess with people. He's saying this now like, oh, yeah, we're going to run when you think we're going to run because he wants to do the things that you're saying. Throw a short slant pass. Yep. Uh, do a, do a run out of play action. He's he's trying to – he's already trying to get ahead of the curve. He's trying to game people. If he's really serious about running when people think we're going to run, uh, this offense will sputter because you, know what's, you like, cannot run a lot. Passes are so much more efficient. You want me to be like sneaky controversial here? Yeah. You want a good preview of the type of offense this team wants to run? Go back and watch 2017 Los Angeles Rams footage. I think he wants to run a style of offense like what McVay's doing, where like we're not going to run it on second and long, which was something that we hated that Bevel did all the time, so that we went from second and 10 to third and eight. Yeah, we had to run the run-run pass awful. no matter what. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of those like slants and sticks throws, and... I think exactly what you're saying there is true, uh, Nathan. Another another thing to keep in mind too, Kevin, is that last year, uh, Todd Gurley had 87 targets, 64 receptions, 788 receiving yards. 
Uh, if that's a lot, uh, that's that mean. I mean, he got. I mean, his rush attempts were only up by one from the previous year. So they ran a lot, but not an absurdly amount. And they used their running back to catch a lot. Short passes. That is the that is the key. Get get your guys into space. If they're gonna work Rashad Penny into short space with uh, screen passes and stuff, that is going to be something that I I personally would be very excited about as a tool for this offense. I also think you you might see this. We're gonna run the ball. Yeah, with Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. There's going to be some some uh, some zone read action. Some Russell Wilson. It could uh, come Designed back. runs. Yeah. Everybody likes some rambling Russ. I, I I agree, Kevin. That it. I think there's there's a chance that they. It's it's a, it's a little bit of a. There's a, some tongue in cheekness. Smoke with this. and mirrors a little bit. I think. I think he's trying to already get ahead of because the narrative is going to be oh the Seahawks running game they're going to try to just pound the rock. Got and to get tough. We need go. to control the ball more. I agree with that statement. Our, we controlled the ball horribly last year. We lost time of possession in a bunch of games. That's something the Seahawks didn't do in the past. So. Also, our points per play numbers and stuff sucked. Yeah, like that's not yeah. Uh, um, when you said the number one story, I thought you were going to talk about uh, Tedrick Thompson and Delano Hill getting number one reps in OTAs. Boy, I can, <laughs> I cannot. Uh, I saw that. I saw that article, and I was like, "Well, Earl's not going to OTAs. Cam Chancellor is hurt, and Brad McDougal is taking time off to get himself a hundred." But outside of those three, that means oh, it my... beat everybody else on the roster. Oh, so they beat out Maurice Alexander. <laughs> awesome, dude. If they don't beat out Mar- Maurice Alexander, like they cut them. Man, Maurice Alexander <laughs> is like, man, I can't believe I didn't make the first team. Oh man, he just took a cue from a. Uh, from Luke and uh, blocked us on Twitter. Just, yeah. <laughs> just I like laughing. Maurice Alexander. He doesn't seem like a bad guy, but he is literally there to pre- present some kind of bottom line. Like if if Tedrick and uh, Hill Hill can Delano Delano Hill cannot outplay Maurice Alexander, they shouldn't be on this team. He is there to be like, hey, you gotta beat me out. I'm the gatekeeper. Like if yeah. you can't be, and it, you know, what? if Maurice Alexander plays at a level that he outplays those guys, then yeah, cut one of those dudes. They don't deserve it, but. I don't think that's going to happen. It's the same reason why the two D tackles are here from the Vikings, right? Like it, it's one of those things where your this position cannot fall below this level, which again, and it's a decent level. Like Maurice Alexander is, is a serviceable NFL safety. I wouldn't want him to be our regular starter, but he deserves to be in the NFL, right? What's that whole thing? If you don't have any pl- any spot on your roster that's below a C. And you can get a couple of A's and B pluses. You know that's a playoff roster. Well, I think so you gotta bring that floor up. That's, that's the that's the operative thing you said though. Some A's and B's. Like don't don't just sprinkle some B's in with all those C's. Then you'll have kind of what we had last year. Okay, here's uh, here's my other big thing is that the only guarantee in Brandon Marshall's contract is the ninety thousand dollar signing bonus, which is like super low. Yep. If you don't like this contract. There is no pleasing you. You just want to hate everything that. That is the most team friendly deal possible. The pure upside contract for Seattle. So yeah, what's if he recaptures his 2015 form? Awesome, he's really good at football. And if he doesn't, guess what? Hit the bricks. Ninety thousand dollars is not a lot of money. And if he ends up being what Eric talked about, where he's basically Big Mike Williams from the early Pete Carroll days. That's worth the amount that we're paying him, too, as just like a big red zone target who occasionally makes some pretty nice first down catches. Look at what Jimmy Graham did for us sporadically last year. Not what he could do, but what he did. That could be Brandon Marshall in a completely different position. I like it. Yeah. All right. Um, Kevin, anything else you want to you wanna hit up? 
Uh, all the stories are really boring. They're like, best shape of my life. Dwayne Brown says that this offense will be better than last year. It's like, of course, Dwayne. We know. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Brown not throwing the rest of his offensive line under the bus. Thank you. Thank you, Dwayne Brown, for being a professional football player. Mm-hmm. Let's just move straight to that NFL stuff. Uh, Rashad Penny threw the Mariners' first pitch. That was pretty cool. And he was mic'd up for it because that matters. He didn't tow the rubber, though. I was kind of disappointed. I was like, come on, dog. Tow the rubber. You're a good athlete. <laughs> so, uh, he stood in front of the mound. I hate when people do that. All right. Um, NFL news. Uh, Chicago re-signed uh, Zach Miller, which I think is just a cool story. Classy move. Uh, nine surgeries later, he has feeling back in the nerves in his feet. And his last play in the NFL should have been a touchdown. Yep. yep. So stupid that it's not. Uh, Dwight Clark, RIP, age uh, 61 from ALS. I uh, just kind of want to say that the those 80s 49er teams, as much hate as we all have for the 49ers now, the fact of the matter is those 80s teams are really fun to watch, and he was a big part of that. A yep. big part of growth in the game, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington State University uh, graduate Jerome Harrison, who had like a, one of the highest yardage single games in NFL history and was an all-time great college player, he got a pre he had a pre-trade physical that he failed because of a brain tumor. Then a bunch of crazy stuff happened. He couldn't walk. Uh, he's got to strengthen his leg back. He's taking steps. That, I thought that was a really cool story. That's great. Yeah, um, inspirational kind of thing. Uh, uh, Brown signed Michael Kendricks, which is another little bolster to their linebacking core. That yeah. defense is looking really interesting. And then a big story this week, all this week, was ca- about Cassius Marsh. Um, he said it wasn't fun to play on New England. Then it came out that he, like, flipped out and threw a Gatorade jug during halftime of a game they were winning 17-0. to And uh, then Devin McCourty came out and said, well, we got a couple guys here who were in Cleveland last year, and they went 0-16. I heard that wasn't very fun. So <laughs> you know it's not very fun? People are just throwing dirt on Cassius Marsh. Is what you know what's really say. not fun? Watching Cassius Marsh try and cover. Watching, how about watching him try to like over pursue every play and get done a bunch of dumb penalties? He, he, he was first kind time... of close to the line of scrimmage. Uh, Brian, uh, oh, what's this? The Brian Russell. His first play, or his first uh, game for the Patriots was on television, and it was like, wow, exactly the stupid penalties you did in Seattle, you're now doing in New England. Okay, sorry, buddy. How about this one? Um, Isaiah Crowell came out and said, like, week in and week out, I never understood what I was. My role was in the Browns' offense. Ooh, I got a related news article here. Okay, so yeah, no kidding. He's on my fantasy team last year. That was awful. Um, But uh, so somebody on Reddit, uh, and I'll give uh, credit to this guy because he did some work on this. This is uh, M Cactus. Cactus spelled with K. Good for him. Uh, or maybe it's MK Actus. It might be MK Actus. That's definitely a Batman character. Keep going. But anyway, he uh, plotted out the Pythagorean win-loss, which in my mind, the Pythagorean win-loss for a team is the equivalent to ranking your coach. Because really, your coach is the one who should make sure if you're scoring points, you should be winning. Yeah, but it also, like, it's going to measure, like, if you had a bunch of close losses and then blew people out, like, it's going to... Yep. It's going to be kind of weird like that. It's going to be wonky. So which team had the biggest Pythagorean differential? Uh, the biggest uh, negative Pythagorean differential, so should have won more. The team that should have won more games. I'm going to go with the Jags. Mm. All right. I'm going to go... Or maybe the Chargers. That's a good guess. I'll go with the... Uh... Mm. Give me, Kevin, give me the, uh, I want to I go kind of weird on this. Give me, like, the, the Saints. Okay, so the Jaguars were second. Because uh, I remember the Jaguars had, like, a huge point differential last year, but they were only 10 and 6. Yes, they, were- they were minus 1.8. They should have had 11.8 wins, and they had 10 wins. And the Chargers were fifth. 
they were minus 1.4. They had nine wins. They should have had 10 and a half or yeah, 10.4. They were very unlucky all season. I felt uh, like. Them and the Ravens. But the team that should have won the most, and it's not even close. So Jaguars were minus 1.8. The Cleveland oh. Browns, minus 3.3. Yeah, I th- should have thought of that because they were 0-16. Like, no team should go 0-16. But they were supposed to be a three-win. Like, three wins is a lot. That's like double anybody else. Yeah. So now, which team overshot their play the most? Which team? And I'll give you a number here. This team was two. Uh, second place was 1.9. Uh, Tennessee. Both Steelers. of these make me happy. Tennessee. Tennessee sucks. Steelers was right in the middle of the pack. Uh. Tennessee was third from worst. <laughs> Dang it. Damn, they had one point six, so they were supposed to have nine wins. They had nine wins, and they were supposed to have seven point four. Yeah, ten. I remember Tennessee. Like, I just thought they weren't very good. No, the worst, and this backs my narrative from all season: the Carolina Panthers with uh, eleven wins and, and plus, Pythagorean should have been nine. Yeah, they had plus thirty six, right? Point differential last year. Yep. I'm looking at it. Yeah, and I remember they were just they were like, I liked Carolina last year, but they did overachieve a little bit. They're, they feel like their offense was not very good. Next up, next team, the Arizona Cardinals. Had eight hmm. wins, should have had 6.1. They had 1.9 over. I like that. <laughs> they, when, they, when they sucked, they really sucked. All right, maybe we should have used that with our over, to try to help us with our over-unders. That would have been a good one. There's so much turnover in the NFL, I feel like that's a hard one to do, though. But uh, also, this backs my narrative that I don't trust you, Jackson, at all. <laughs> so, I'm happy with both of those narratives. Hey, don't worry. He'll be gone after this year, Kevin. Oh, man, I... I feel like I have to sneeze, but I'm going to hold it in, guys. Here we go. Uh, other NFL uh, news. My other thing is is that there's a lot of Josh Gordon stories, and I'm just going to say this. Uh, Josh Gordon is in really good shape, and also, like, if he doesn't have an awesome season, I would be shocked. Uh, Josh Gordon's ability to play football is never the thing holding Josh Gordon yeah, back. Let's make that super it's clear. Just, it's just weed. Yeah, he is, like, <laughs> a top five receiving talent. Okay. So rules gonna, are rules, but we're gonna. Man, it's so sad that that guy can't play in the NFL or hasn't played in the NFL no, because you know of weed. Full season. Here we go. Um, we're gonna do NFL. We're gonna do NFC win, win totals right here, guys. For the to fill to as we'll a fun over under thing over under. Um, but but the thing is, is we're gonna do it differently than we did it last time. Okay, I'm just gonna go alphabetical by team name, and I'm gonna do the NFC teams. Okay, it's easier for me. Okay, so, and so uh, sorry this to, is NFC only, folks. And for those of you who didn't tune in last week, you can catch the tune AFC. in last week. God, but uh, anyway, the-, the other part of that is this is a preview of our gambling podcast where we te- uh, yeah. check the betting lines, <laughs> so we can actually say that now because it's legal. Yeah, it's not illegal for us to, to gamble anymore. All right, well, so that's why we could say pot. The Arizona Cardinals now. last season they went eight and eight. As Kevin said, they overachieved a little bit. They are over under five and a half. Over is minus one fifty five. The under is plus one twenty five. You get a little bit of a bonus if you can take that under. Um, I'm gonna go over. They have good players on this team still. I know losing Honey Badger is not great. Um, I actually think that Rosen is. He presents the highest floor of any of these rookie quarterbacks. And so if he's ready to go, and it seems like that they think he is, that's the the word coming out of their OTAs is that he's going to be their starter. What's the line on this? Uh, it's it's minus 155 over five and a half. Oh. So I like them for like seven, seven and nine, six and ten. I don't they're not. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I think that's a pretty fair assessment of where Arizona's at. <clears throat> Eric, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm going over the thing that. I will say that gives the Cardinals an edge this year. They lost Honey Badger, but they have two working quarterbacks. So As Rosen looks to zero like last year. Yeah, well, I mean Rosen. They said that he's uh, looking to start, but look at their backups this year. They don't have Drew Stanton as a backup. This is a big deal. 
Rosen has weapons too, right? Christian Kirk, Larry yeah. Fitzgerald. Like it's Fitzgerald didn't retire, which I think helps them a lot. Chandler Jones still exists. He's, He's real still good at rushing the pass. David Johnson still David on Johnson that team will exist again. Buda Baker too. If anything, this team could surprise people and get nine wins. God forbid. Yeah, th- I I think that's actually a fair assessment. I this roster, when I look at it, I don't think it's very much better or worse than San Francisco's roster. So my thing with them is I don't see them getting – I see that them getting nine is more likely than getting five. Like five and a half seems like a really low line. I am smashing that over button. Yeah, this is one of my favorite overs in the whole thing. Plus, don't forget, they get David Johnson back. Like, I might go bet this line. David Johnson is, like, someone that they did not have last year. The whole season, basically. Their best football player on well, their whole and team. And again – they're between Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen. They should be able to get a healthy season out of somebody. And so that's an entire season as of above average or at least average quarterback play. You could not say that last year. The Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears went 5-11 and last year, including a stellar 4-0 mark against the AFC, <laughs> which I think is wow. like my favorite thing about the Bears last season. Uh, the Bears over-under is set at 6.5. You get minus 140. For over, you get plus 110 for under. Kevin, how do you feel about the Bears and Matt Nagy? So I feel like the Bears did a really smart job in the offseason of going, you know what sucks? Our offense. You know what we're going to (laughs) do? Get a lot of things on our offense. Anthony Miller's a really good outside receiver. He's an interesting pickup. Allen Robinson. Who knows? Kevin White might actually play football. Yeah, exactly. Stranger things have happened. He's not been able to stay healthy before. Bradley Soles listed as first on their guard depth chart, Kevin. How does that make you feel? I like it won't last. Yeah, the da- James Daniels. James Daniels Wait, is going to take over it. the center spot. Wait, Mitchell Trubisky won't last, or the the offensive line? Won't uh, last? Bradley Soul is not going to be their starting guard. Their interior of their line is going to be Kyle Long, James Daniel, and Cody Whitehair in some order, with functioning tackles. I agree. Uh, I think Trey Burton was a big pickup. I really like what they did with this offense. Their defense is functional. Here's like, the thing: I like Kyle Fuller. Uh, Eddie Jackson slash Adrian Amos is a really interesting safety core. This is why I like this team. A little bit is because you put someone like Rokon Smith onto a defense yep. and he can hold everything together. The short passing game is now going to be something that is hard to get going against the Bears. Danny Trevathan's going to be healthy. He's a functional player. Yeah, right, because Rokon Smith can just, he holds, he'll hold everything together for them. So I'm taking the over on this. Um, this is a tough line. It's a line, shaky though. over. Seven and nine it requires a good record, but I think Detroit's going to slide. I, here's my thing I do not think Jordan Howard is a good fit for this offense. Like the uh, the Andy Reid style offense that they're going to be running under Nagy, and I don't really like Tariq Cohen. I'm uh, I'm on I'm on record. I just think Tariq Cohen is like he's never going to be a guy you can really trust that much. I could see him putting up like decent numbers, but the fact that Jordan Howard can't catch passes is really going to hurt this offense. I think I run two back sets. Um, so my big thing here is that I'm going to say six and ten. So I guess I'm going under, but it's it's close. The seven. This line is very fair. It's a very well set line. It's I a, will not be betting this yeah, one. I like I would uh, let this one go. I like that this team looked better than they were last year. Every week I was like, wait, are they a playoff contender? Oh, they're not. I'm going over, but just because I like the Bears a little bit. General Mitchell Trubisky, too. Secret, not garbage. Yeah, he's actually like kind of decent. Uh, right. He he managed the offense very well. Dallas Cowboys last year went nine and seven. Their uh, their over under this season is set at eight and a half. So they're basically saying they'll be very similar to last year. Over minus one thirty, under even money if you go under. Uh, Kevin, or actually no, I started with Kevin last time. Eric, how oh. about? Dem Cowboys. If we're going, if we're going for the money, we have to go over. But 
I see this as an eight and eight team. So I want to go under just because it's funny. It's eight and a half is what they said it at? Yep. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. I guess I'm going, I'll go under just because I don't believe in this team. Dak Prescott, every, uh, not every quarterback, a lot of quarterbacks kind of stumble in their sophomore season, but this team's lost a lot and I just don't trust Dak Prescott at all. My thing for last year, their offense. Last year, their offensive line was not what we would expect it to be. Uh, it was Tyron Smith got hurt and the line fell apart. Yeah, the line kind of fell apart. This year, they bring in Connor Williams to make sure that they have depth to get through the season. They get Leighton Vander Esch, so they'll have at least one good linebacker that's healthy the whole season. Sorry, rest in peace, Sean Lee. I'm um, just assuming you're going to get hurt again. Demarcus Lawrence still alive, still very good at football. This team has eight, you're right, Eric. This team has eight and eight written all over them uh, because Dak Prescott was so inconsistent. I'm gonna go. With under, but it is tight. It's tight. This is a good line also. Kevin. So did you both take under? Yeah. Yeah. Then you take over just to be different. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's somewhat tempting. It's tempting because this is a well-set line. Looking at this team, though, I feel like they're a year away. I feel like Leighton Vander Esch needs a year. I feel like Jalen Smith needs another year back from his injury. I feel like that secondary is coming together, but they're not all the way there. And... I feel like the receiving core is going to rely a lot on Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson to step up and become a thing. One of those two has to become a thing for this offense. Alan Hearns is interesting, but if if your top four receivers are Cole Beasley, Tavon Austin, Terrence Williams, and Alan Hearns, then that's a lot of two-slash-three receivers. And I don't entirely trust that when you have Dak Prescott, who's a fairly inaccurate quarterback. If they had a coach who really knew how to get the most out of their offense, I might trust them more. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna go with under. You ready for a line Clean that? Sweep. Ready for a line that will make a make you feel like someone else knows something you don't. The Los Angeles Rams. Last year, the Rams went 11 and five. They uh, their line is over nine and a half, minus 165, under nine and a half, plus 135. The Rams mm-hmm. gave up all their draft picks to push in their chips for this year. They got Brandon Cooks. They got uh, they got um, sorry, not Im Kong Su. They got. Like they they Marcus Peters, uh, they just they got everyone. Keep to leave. Everyone's on this team. Okay, <laughs> let's just throw that there. They don't have any draft picks, but everyone, every good free agent trade was like involved the Rams or the Eagles. For some reason, that was not good enough for Vegas. Vegas still says nine and a half. I think this is a pretty solid over. I don't really get. I don't. I look at their roster and I'm just like, there's no position they're bad at. Like everything is good. They even have a little bit of depth. Um, I guess maybe they don't trust Goff or McVay's only a second-year coach. Maybe it was just a fluke. He caught the league by surprise. Um, not really sure what what to make of this. I feel like Vegas knows something I don't. Kevin, do you know something I don't? I feel like there's kind of a hot narrative right now that it's too many volatile personalities and they got rid of a lot of leadership on the team. So it's going to rely on kind of McVay holding stuff together. People are drawing comparisons to the Eagles' dream team that fell apart. But this team just isn't. This, this team. is so much talent, and the offense didn't change over that much. I feel like the offense should continue to click along. It's the defense that may or may not have issues with personalities, especially since they're not taking care of uh, um, Aaron Donald right now. Yes. And then Marcus Peters is going to be in the same contract situation next year. So I feel like that could get volatile, but I don't know if that's enough to tank them under nine wins. Yeah. So I'm taking the over because I really feel like they're going to hit 10 and 6, even with the first place schedule this year. My big thing for the for the Rams is that 
you say like, oh, the Valda personality reminds people of the Eagles dream team. It does, The way they built this roster does remind me of that Eagles dream team. The big difference for me is that this team doesn't have guys out there saying we're the dream team like that stupid Eagles team did. They thought they were the best. This team is just they're gonna they're doing the work. It feels like it feels like they're ready to put in the work. McVay has them convinced or whatever. You know what I mean? They're all on board. Yeah. So so I don't know. I think that that people doubting them is just going to make them better, <laughs> which which I don't like. But Eric, you got anything? I love that you said that this is the. Does Vegas know something that we don't? Vegas. I mean, Nathan, you you were kind of you know ringing this bell last year about. When Vegas sets a line, you know, Vegas doesn't like to lose. I'm going over on this, but it really makes me wonder, like, what what do they think? You know, right. what do they see? What is, the, what is the intangible we're not measuring? It's obviously that this line probably opened at even money, and people are hammering it. Minus 165 is a pretty big uh, a push onto this. On a this. season line, yeah. Yeah, on a season line. The New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints last year went 11-5. and five. They finished first in the NFC South. They over under is set at nine and a half, and it is minus one fifteen on both sides. Uh, last year they got Marshawn Lattimore, and it changed this defense. Um, the defense became something better than it was before. This year they add Marcus Davenport. If they can get anything out of him, like eight or nine sacks, to go with like Rankin and Cameron Jordan, um, I'm really into this team. I think that they'll be really good. Uh, the problem is nine and a half. I feel like they overperformed a bit last year. So nine and a half is like a really good line. Also, Drew Brees is old, and I don't know if you know this, but their backup quarterback is the macho man, Tommy Savage. Oh, yeah. That's real bad. Oh, no. I don't know. I like them. I don't love them. Cameron Meredith is a good ad. Give me New Orleans for over, but I'm I'm not crazy about it. Kevin? That's a rough one. Nine and a half is a big line. Um, their offensive line was not super healthy last year, and I feel like there's not a reason to believe that would repeat. I do think Cam Meredith was a nice pickup, along with Traquan Smith. I think that their receiving depth is better than it was last year. Um, the defense, uh, you have Mark Ingram out for a little bit, but I'm not worried about that. Uh, Alvin Kamara was like the true number one running back on that team. I do not trust Marcus Davenport at all. You talk about Marcus Davenport getting eight or nine sacks, and I almost choked on my water. Like I just don't see that happening. I mean, they're not—they're not relying on him at all. They still have Cameron Jordan. Yeah, Cam Jordan's going to be the source of their pass rush. Um, If they can get more out of him, though, that team will be really good. Yeah, I feel like the defense is young and getting better, so they're trending in a way that tells me 10 wins makes a lot of sense and i'm not super high on the rest of this division so i'm going to take the over but that's a, this is a hard over to swallow you're a lot like the rams you're not high on this division now i feel like this division yeah. is very strong top to bottom like all teams that could easily win 10 games i am other not than high on carolina wait other than, other and than do not say Winston. tampa bay I was going to say it. I thought McGregor ain't going that high. I thought you were going the other way, Nathan. I like the over on this for New Orleans because of the division they're in. I don't believe in Carolina. I I know that at some point Drew Brees will fall apart, but I feel like Carolina is constantly in danger of falling apart just naturally. Tampa Bay is still terrible, even though you love Miss Winston for six games back three years ago. Um, and, of course, Atlanta's still good. I like the over on this. If anything, I think they, I don't know, I kind of want to go crazy and say, like, maybe they'll win 12 games this year. Tell me I'm wrong, even though I possibly am. All right. 
Uh, next up, we've got the New York Football Giants. New York Football Giants last year went the good old Hardy three and thirteen. For some reason, their line is over under six and a half, and the over is minus one seventy five. So people are hammering the over under plus one forty five. Kevin, explain me this. What are people thinking? Uh, that they get really wrapped up in Saquon Barkley. Um, well, we got Olivier Vernon. They, yeah, they still have Olivier Vernon. They, uh, Will what? Hernandez and Nate Solder are upgrades, but they still have Eric Flowers running the other side. I feel like Brett Jones is a downgrade based off of what they had at center. I, I mean, they got Cody Latimer and Sterling Shepard. But Eli Manning's still inconsistent and old. They probably got the most NFL-ready playmaker on offense from the draft. Will Hernandez, yeah. No, Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah, yeah, him too. <laughs> Will Hernandez is not a, a playmaker, Kevin. Uh, Saquon a... Barkley, the only thing is I don't like him as a fit for this offense because the right side of that offensive line is going to cave any time that there's uh, like a good run block. And Saquon Barkley's problem is he tries to hit home runs every time. So he's a really inconsistent running back. He has a lot of swings and misses. So, I mean, they better like, plan on it being in the past game. The defense is still going to be pretty solid. I don't I don't know, man. I think this team has like 5 and 11, 6 and 10 written all over it. I'm taking the under. I have to look at the schedule. You know, I don't know who they play. This is the kind of thing where like I wish we'd already done our division previews because well, we're I We're going to redo this when because, we get to the division because previews. I dig in so deep on each team, you know. Like I like the moves they made this offseason. I think Cody Latimer will provide a good third option for them and receiver. Evan Ingram having another year in the offense is not going to be a huge positive. He's fantastic. Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Stewart should provide some stability in the run game. Landon College shouldn't be hurt all year. Yeah, like the 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 team should be better than last year. Um, I even like like the, I think their linebackers are pretty decent. They got some nice depth there with the, like Ray Ray Armstrong in the back as a backup and stuff. So I I don't know like. Six six and ten though seems so so easy to get to right? with this team because Eli Manning's still their quarterback. Eric Flowers is like the most inconsistent player in the NFL. It's so a whole I'm new t- coaching staff with a new scheme to learn. Yeah, and Mike I- Shula's their OC, which means Pat Shermer's their OC. Shermer hasn't been a head coach and an OC at the same time. Yeah, and Shermer, like I love Shermer. Like I thought he was great, but who knows? You know, you just never know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under, but I think it's tight. This is a good, another good line. I think well set, Eric. Yeah, I'm also going under. I don't. I don't trust the Giants to do much of anything, except employ Eli Manning. Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles went 13 and three last year. Their over under is set at ten and a half. Even money on the over, minus 130 on the under. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Ooh, rich. Uh, yeah, you got to go big or go home. Eric, will the Eagles get to 11 wins this year? Yeah, I don't think they're going to get to 13. I think they'll get to 11 wins, possibly 12, and that's because of the division they're in. I don't think the Eagles are going to repeat. I don't think that the Eagles fans are going to love their season next year. But, yeah, I think 11 wins is doable for this Eagles team. Let me say something about the Eagles pass rush. The Eagles pass rush is the deepest. This is their. These are some of their backup defensive linemen, okay? Tim Jernigan, Michael Bennett, Chris Long, and Hiloti Nagata. Those are four. Elijah Qualls, too. Those are four. But those four guys, first four guys I said, those four guys are their backup four defensive linemen. Uh, It's pretty, pretty insane. Um, This team has incredible depth on defense in the front. And then, 
you know, and they're getting Sidney Jones back. Right. And Ronald so Darby won't be injured all year again. They're they're hoping that they can get more out of their secondary. But the sec- when the pass rush like this, your secondary can be a little substandard, and you get away with it. We saw it with Philadelphia last year. They did the exact same thing. I like their offense. They get Wentz back. He should be uh, the same as Nick Foles was last year. Uh, J- J- Jason <laughs> Peters back. Jay Ajayi is a player they picked up in the season. I think a whole season of him will be very, very nice for them. Uh, they also got Alshon, uh, they got Alshon Jeffrey, Mike Wallace, and Nelson Aguilar, which I think is a good receiving core. Give me oh ten and f- ten and f- giving going over ten and a half is just like not good. It's not a good betting strategy. No. I would never actually make a bet on this line. I'm going over ten and a half though. Yeah, I'm taking the over too. Mike Wallace is just better uh, of what they had in this offense. He's better Torrey Smith right now. So I feel like overall the team is going to be slightly better, which means. Yeah, I think they'll be able to hit 11 wins for sure. Okay. San Francisco 49ers. Oh, Eric, what you got? Oh, Eric, sorry, I forgot. Over I let it I let it off. You don't even want it. Oh, you let it off. I yeah. let it off. Yeah, you 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 over, I'll, I'll over, say but, it again. over but barely. Over but barely. I remember. Right. I remember. Uh San Francisco 49ers, total wins in the regular season. They set it at 8 and a half. Last year the 49ers went 6 and 10, finishing the season very strong under the tutelage of quarterbacking god Jimmy Garoppolo. You know him of seven seven touchdowns versus five interceptions, is that right? Uh, here, let me look it up. I think I Who think, cares? All that matters is I think I'd win, like baby. to blow it up to 700 yeah, touchdowns. I was right. 7 touchdowns versus 5 interceptions. I let me say this. Do I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a solid NFL quarterback? Yep. Do I think Mike McGlinchey is a good person to pick in the first round? Yep. Do I think this team is the most overrated hype train I've ever seen in my entire life? Yep. I don't under, I don't get it at all. Reuben Foster is going to be suspended by week three. Richard Sherman's coming back from Achilles injury. I don't understand why people love this 49ers team so much. It, their wide receivers are not very good. I mean, Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon, I'm supposed to get pumped up about that? Like, Trent Taylor not had really. a good rookie season, Dante, but like it was just good. Dante Pettis has good tools, but he's not ready to contribute in an NFL roster as a wide receiver right away. And Richie James is an undersized slot guy who's really interesting. Yeah, he's like he's not going to be a, a day one, like day one impact player. I like the roster's fine, but it's not deep. It's not that good. It's a ton of first round picks who I feel like haven't proven that much in the NFL. Um, we got Cassius Marsh to have a fit in the middle so of the year. So why do I have to go over <laughs> eight and a half and I have to give money to get it? Just give me under. Give me under. Give me I think the Four Niners are like an eight and eight team. That's what they feel like to me. Give me under on this at even money. Kevin. Yeah, man. Under for all the same reasons. Yeah. Eric? Yeah, I think that's cut and dry. The more I listen to Kevin, the more I'm I'm backing off this like second best team in the NFC West. I'm going under as well. I don't get why people think San Francisco's clearly better. It's because than they won look, 12 games in a row to end the season I last year. I feel like 8-8 is a very legitimate estimation of how they'll do. And 8-8 eight and eight would be an improvement. Are, I think it's unfortunate for that coaching staff that 8-8 eight is going to be considered disappointing. Yeah, I think 8-8 eight eight is a... I think 8-8, eight eight, if they're competitive the whole season and they go 8-8, eight eight, they should be really happy about that. That's like a good step the up. The more I look at their... finish ahead of Arizona, yeah. I have looked at their schedule, though, and I don't see them going 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> is their schedule super easy? Uh, no, I feel them going like 7-9. and nine. I think oh, like 8 hard. wins. It's, just think 8 wins is a little ambitious. Okay. Especially if you think that Garoppolo is going to have some growing pains, which I think he will. Yeah, I feel like they could improve significantly and still be 8-8. Eight and eight. And like Nate said, they're razor thin. You get yeah. a couple of injuries at any decent positions, and they could fall apart fast. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Last year, the, under wait what? Last year, <laughs> last year. The, well, when you hear the number, the last year they went five and eleven. Their over under is only six and a half, minus one thirty five for the over, plus one hundred five for the under. They drafted Vita Vea. 
Uh, they made a few other moves, but not really. They didn't really do too much. I believe much. you mean they drafted Moana? Ronald Jones. They got Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is awesome, by the way. That was like, Ronald Jones. As I went through my draft evaluation process on running backs, like I was got super into Ronald Jones. I just never thought we'd draft Rashad Penny high enough, so I kind of just was like, yeah, he's great, but we're not going to get him. Uh, they got Jason Pierre-Paul to go with Vita Vita and Gerald McCoy, Gerard, Gerald McCoy. Here's my thing about the Tampa Bay. If Gerald McCoy stays healthy the whole season and plays really good the whole season, they will crush this over-under. They will go 8-8. Eight and eight. They'll go 7-9. and nine. They'll go 9-7. and seven. They'll be up. They'll be in the mix for that. Um, I don't know if he can do that. I just don't know if he has it in him. So I'm going to pick under. <laughs> but, I, but I want him to. I want Gerald McCoy to stay super healthy the whole season and not have to limp through. It just seems like every season, you know, he's got nagging injuries. He misses one or two games, and then the injury affects him for all the games he does play. You know? Yeah. And it's been yeah. like that, I feel like, since 2013. He's had a nagging injury every year since then. And he always plays okay, but he's never, like, quite as good as he was in 2013 when he was basically the best defensive tackle in football. So if Gerald McCoy is fully healthy and he just has, like, the season of his life, this team will be very good. He is so disruptive as an interior defensive lineman, as disruptive as Aaron Donald. But I'm just not sure he's going to be healthy like that. Eric? Uh, I also have the under. I don't believe in this team at all. I don't really like much about this team. Certainly not their uniforms. Give me the under. What was that line? Six, Six and, a and a half. Six and a half. It's low. Man, that's a low bar. And I feel really bad kicking them when they're down. But What else are you going to kick, You get Kevin? Vig to go under, too. That's part of why I picked under. Is that like under's plus 105, and I feel pretty I feel pretty medium on the line, so I might as well take the money. This team's got 6 and 10 written all over it. I think that that division is a bit of a dogfight, and I don't think they're better than any of those teams. Their defense, I think their corners need another year of seasoning. Their best corners are rookies that aren't going to be quite ready to play yet. And I feel like... The rest of that defense is kind of one injury away from being a liability. The offense is an 8-8 eight and eight offense. The talent should be more, but I just don't feel like they can do it. And let's not forget, Jameis who's their head coach? Dirk Cutter. J- yep. Jameis Winston throws a lot of interceptions. He's never been able to figure it out. Like At every level he's been at, he's just thrown a ton of and interceptions. And Dirk Cutter plans a lot of interceptions. Um, and then here's the thing. Say what you want about the NFC South, Kevin. I know you said you're a little down on it. But Atlanta, Carolina, and New Orleans, they're all going to get go- good quarterback play. And they're all going <laughs> to – like, here's the thing. All those teams are like 8-8 eight and eight or better kind of teams. Yeah. Then they all Tampa have, Bay's clearly the one of these things are not like the other. They all have division. decent quarterbacks, too. Like, like you, you can't hate on like Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and – Cam Newton. That's probably that's three good quarterbacks. Not many divisions can tout that that they have like three really good quarterbacks. Yep. Like and then Jameis Winston gives you tens and twos all yep. year long. He just like, you just never he's know. He's, he's going to have that game where he just throws a billion interceptions. It's just whatever. He is what he is. Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons last year went ten and six. They made it to the wild card round of the playoffs. Their over under is set at nine. Over minus one forty five. Under plus one fifteen. I think it opened at eight and a half and got pounded up to nine. That's how people how over people are. Um, I like the moves they made in the offseason. I think Calvin Ridley is a really good fit for them as like a work your way into the offense, slot receiver, outside receiver if Muhammad Sanu's in the slot. They're going to have fully healthy Devonta Freeman back. The defense is weird. It's been weird for a while. I think it's still weird, a weird defense. I don't trust it at all. Um, they they like, they do this thing where they pick players who have like legitimately like – they have skills, right? They have a skill. Let's yep. take Vic Beasley as an example. Vic Beasley does one thing really good, and then they just let them do that thing they're good at. 
and you just don't think it should work, but it kind of does. Deion Jones misses a ton of tackles, but he's a really good coverage linebacker. Right, exactly. Deion Jones. what he does. It's just like, and it works. It works for them. They are the uh, Oakland Athletics of the NFL right now. So, you know what? I I like Atlanta for over nine nine wins. I think that that's fine. You get to push on the nine, so I I don't really feel that bad. Like, I get nine as like a... You know, I don't feel bad thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm okay with it. Give me, give me over. Okay, Eric. Um, Atlanta Falcons, the maybe the fourth best team out of like, you know, in the conference right now, the team that everyone is going to forget about. But there are four divisions in each conference, and this will be the class of that their division, the South. Uh, I feel like they're going to go over. I could see them being better than last year. I felt like last year they were going to have a down year, and I think that they're going to surprise some people and maybe come out with 12 wins, something crazy like that. Atlanta, give me the over. Yeah, I like Isaiah Oliver to push Robert Alford for that cornerback spot. Um, I think what they're doing on defense makes a lot of sense, especially when their head coach is a really good defensive coordinator. And on offense, I also am a big fan of the Calvin Ridley pickup because that means one of Muhammad Sanu, Julio Jones, or Calvin Ridley, most likely two of, are getting single teamed. If you're single teaming both of them, that is opening yourself up for a problem. Or I guess you could just let Austin Hooper eat you alive. Don't, don't, or you could let Devonta Freeman eat you alive in the passing Don't game. forget, Calvin Ridley's 28 years old, so he's really ready to play in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. He's already a three-year veteran. <laughs> so I like I like every time I bring him up, I like making him one or two years older, too. He's going to be Tom Brady's age by the end of the year. <laughs> by the end of the season, he's going to be 42. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think that this team has... If I were to take any number, I'd take the push. I think they're more likely to be 10 and 6 than 8 and 8. Correct. That's so why I'm, I'm right looking. along the lines of 8. I'm taking yeah. the over here. All right. This is another one where I feel like I'm right on the line of it. Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers last year went 11 and 5. Their over under has been set at 9 as well. I think it started at 9.5 and, and got pounded under because now under 9 is minus 140 and over 9 is plus 110. Kevin, you're the you're the Panthers hater. Let's hear it. Why, why should we bet under? All right, so the Carolina Panthers have an inaccurate quarterback uh, who is pouty. Their offensive line is still mediocrity incarnate. They lost their uh, they lost one of their best offensive linemen. They lost their left guard. Uh, Trey Turner is still pretty good, but Macalil is still their left tackle. That's not a good sign. DJ Moore, I think, was a nice pickup, but you're looking at a wide receiver core of Devin Funches, Torrey Smith, and DJ Moore. It's better um, than what they had last year. They have Christian McCaffrey <laughs> and Cameron Artis Payne or CJ Anderson to be kind of the primary runners. So this is a pass heavy offense with weapons that make a lot of sense for like an efficiency scheme, but not a quarterback that's an efficient quarterback. I don't think this offensive identity makes a lot of sense. And their defense is Luke Keekley and dudes. I mean, I want shorts good. But, like, like, Mario Addison is numbers in small sample sets. Julius Peppers, bro. Yeah, but he's, like, Great, 109. He is. I love him. Let's he's go, baby. Let's go. Uh, I don't trust their secondary at all, and I just don't think that that front seven puts enough pressure to let me trust that bad secondary. Julius Peppers had 11 sacks last year. I know. Can but you like, believe that? That I really feel like insane. he's gonna—he could have a Peyton Manning year where just like he's wearing the dirty diaper and it nah. all falls apart. <laughs> um, the guy who hates co- players coming back to sign a one-day contract loves Julius Peppers. He had back eleven sacks last he, he year. He actually can play football. Though. I know, I mean, but 
It's more or less year. the same thing. So here's here's my thing. I like Dante Jackson too, Exactly man. what I said about Atlanta gonna, in reverse. He's going to be real good at nickel nickel corner. I could see this team being 9 and 7, but I think they're more likely 8 and 8 than 10 and 6. So I'm taking the under knowing that the push is out there for me. Yeah. Um I was I'm going to I'm going to go over um, I think CJ Anderson's just really, despite me. CJ Anderson's really <laughs> underrated. Um, just like I think he was saddled in a horrible offense, and he did. He has a lot of like advanced stats that look really positively upon him. He's really he was the best pass blocker in the NFL last year for running backs. Um, he gets there are a lot of little things that he doesn't normally get credit for, and I think they did something here, Kevin, with the wide receivers. They realized Cam Newton can do one thing really good. What is it? Chuck it up deep. Throw far. Torrey Smith's really good at getting thrown far too. So is DJ Moore. So they're just like throw it far. Who cares? Just throw it, throw it way far down the field. Um, sure, that strategy is going to work some. I like it. I think it's it's makes sense for what they have. So I'm uh, their offensive line does suck though. It their does le- really their, bad. <laughs> the left side and the center are the, well, Ryan Khalil's okay, but Matt Khalil's real bad. So uh, the so left- basically center and right guard are fine, and the rest is a tire fire. Yeah, so uh, that's 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 that, bad. That's part of the problem is that I really wish they would have brought in like just one more <laughs> offensive lineman. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the old uh, over. Just it's nine and seven is actually really good though. That I if I would I would guess that when I do my season preview for Carolina, I'm gonna put them at nine and seven. So uh, yeah, that's that. Yep. This could change, but I'm going under. I don't like this offensive line. I don't really like C.J. Anderson on this team. Give me the under. Okay. Plus, I don't like the Panthers. This ever. podcast is going into overtime, y'all. We're in a skip movie club today. It's like Psych. when the Phoenix meet the Liberty. Uh, Detroit Lions over under set at eight over minus one forty or over sorry over plus one ten under minus one forty. Last year the Lions went nine and seven and missed the playoffs. What's the line at? It's at over under eight, and you get Ooh. you get more vig for going Ooh. over. People Ooh. like the under, and you know why they like the under? Because the Lions didn't. Did not do anything interesting this offseason, in my opinion. Their team is worse than it was last year. So, or maybe it's the same. It's the same. I don't. Why would I like them more than I liked them last year? Um, I'm a, Kenny Galladay is going to make the jump, bro. Yeah. Carry on Johnson is going to be the difference maker. Legarrette Blunt will pound in those touchdowns. Like, I don't know. I just don't think the moves they made just don't excite me. Um, I'm going under. Uh, also, I don't like Matt Patricia. Uh, so let's just throw that out there. I think that's like the wor- like the worst guy you could hire to be your coach, Eric. Uh, man, I feel like this team this team will go under, but it's going to be in spite of Matt Stafford because Matt Stafford is the guy who's never going to win the MVP, and he probably shouldn't. But the the Lions suck in spite of Matt Stafford, and uh, that's even when Matt Stafford's playing poorly. So uh, yeah, I'll take the under. Yeah, I feel like. Uh like I like their secondary. Darius Lee's really good. Uh, Glover Quinn, um, Deshaun Shed represents like the basement at right corner, which is not a bad thing. Uh, Ziggy Ansa, I doubt will have as bad of a season. Like I, I feel like it's a really interesting like middle of the pack defense. The fact that they already lost their starting left tackle really scares me. Um, Taylor Decker being out is a bad sign. Uh, Luke Wilson is their top tight end. That's a bad sign. There's a lot of things that are just kind of bad signs. I think their running game will be improved, but I just don't think that balances everything out. They were an 8-8 eight and eight team last year that went 9-7. and seven. I feel like they're an 8-8 eight and eight team this year that could go 7-9 and nine because Green Bay is going to be a little better. Yeah. So I'm taking the under. I feel like that's really a pretty safe bet. Well, speaking of Green Bay Packers, Green Bay Packers last year went 7-9. and nine. This year they're over under a set at 10. Even money if you go over... 
minus one thirty if you go under. I like what the Packers did this offseason. They're like, let's get Aaron Rodgers some weapons. Jimmy Graham. Uh, then let's get him some other tight ends. Mercedes Lewis and Lance Kendricks. Let's draft three wide receivers. One of them will be turn out to be good. Jamon Moore, Marquez Val- Valdez-Scantling, and the name, MV- the name MVP of the <laughs> draft, Equinemius St. Brown. Yeah, they got so much height. Uh, they, they picked Jair Alexander, who I think was a pretty decent uh, cornerback prospect. I, I like um, – they got Muhammad Wilkerson, too, which I think is a good pickup for them. I like what they did. I'm into the Green Bay Packers offseason. I'm into the Green Bay Packers. Give me over easy money. I think this is one of my favorites of the whole slate. Eric – I'm with you on this. I really like what the Packers did to their offense. Uh, it doesn't matter what they do to their defense because they've never done really anything. Aaron Rodgers is kind of you know, fed up with the coaching staff finally. I like that. Uh, I'm going over on this. I think the Packers are going to be a team that uh, may come out of this the winner at the end of the season, like overall. It could be crazy. Uh, sneaky addition. Uh, fired Dom Capers. Sneaky subtraction. <laughs> Didn't fire Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Mike uh, McCarthy. And so I will be. Uh, I will be cursing Green Bay Packers fans. Read between the with lines another on another year of Mike McCarthy. On as what Aaron Rodgers has said, man, he is. Yeah, he's, he's done. Yeah, he's not. Ha- but he's he wants to stay a Packer, but he's not. Just in not a Mike McCarthy. Yeah. 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 Mike uh, McCarthy sucks, dude. Man. He sucks so much. That's that's Brett Favre's gift that keeps on giving. I feel like giving. he's gonna win in spite of this team, though. I don't know. It'll be fun. But yeah, I agree. I think Jair Alexander was a nice pickup. I have. I and Josh Jackson. Man, they did a really good job. They knew that they needed to pick up they retooled. Uh, wide receivers and corners. And so they just put assets into those positions, and it's going to pay off. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we only have like a couple teams to go. Minnesota Vikings, they were 13-3 and last year. Their overrunner is set at 10. Uh, the, the Vikings obviously added Kirk Cousins, Sheldon Richardson. They um, their, their team's real. <laughs> Dalvin Cook's coming back from injury. Uh, this team's real good. Uh, I I like them. I feel like they're real good. They lost their OC, but then they replaced him with someone who I think is really gonna be a really good offensive coordinator. Yes, Filippo <laughs> looks really good. So uh, that God, I hate these guys. Yeah, I, I hate this Vikings team. But the over under is set at ten minus one thirty five for over, plus one hundred five for under. I'm going over. I I actually don't think like Kirk Cousins is a great fit for what they want to do. Like I don't think his like high volume high volume passing style really fits what this team is, but it doesn't really matter because they, they have so much talent everywhere. So, Eric? I'm going over, but I'm cooling off on this, much like I did with the 49ers. I don't think that this team will be 16-0 and anymore. Uh, not that I ever really did, but uh, I'll go over. But, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of cooling on Kirk Cousins a little bit. Not that he's going to be bad, but he's not going to be, you know, football Jesus for the land of Minnesota. I think that this is the best team in the NFC. Really? I do. And it's because I think that I actually disagree. I think Kirk Cousins is a good fit for this uh, scheme with the types of receivers they have because the receivers are really flexible and adaptable in their talent. You need to be because Kirk Cousins has this thing where like he'll put it in the area, but he needs you to make a play. That's why Josh Doxson was like super good for him because Josh Doxson is that kind of guy. And I feel like this is a receiving core that can do that. The other thing is they lost Cook, Dalvin Cook, kind of early last year. And he is a significant talent upgrade at running back to what they were putting out there last year. 
you know, I know that I, uh, I know that their guy got uh, McKinnon got the deal with San Francisco, but I feel like Dalvin Cook is a considerably better running there's back. A, there's a guy like they. I feel like the the move to go from Carlos Hyde to to Jarek McKinnon was like a clear downgrade, and they they paid him more money than Hyde ended up getting. Yep. Cesar. So I'm down with I'm down with what's going on with this team. I am uh, I'm big time on the over on Minnesota. Like I would bet that over. Yeah, I, I like I like this team. I, I agree, Kevin. I think they're pretty good. Uh, yeah. Whenever a team keeps picking people up, and I'm like, man, I hate these guys. They pick up all the people I want to pick up. That tells me that I should probably root for them. Yeah, so <laughs> then we've got the la- uh, second to last team, 2018 Washington D.C. football team. Uh, their quarterback is now Alex Smith. I don't think the delta between Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins is as great as people think. Like, I don't think the difference between those two is really that big. Uh, wasn't a huge downgrade. The big problem is, is that like I don't. What else did they do? Like they got Paul Richardson. Um, they Simi Cobb's may or may not be a thing. Simi Cobb's like I'm right? supposed to get excited uh, about Darius Simi. Geis. I think is a pretty good running back, but like Fat Rob Kelly was not bad. Chris Thompson Chris was Thompson's their starting running back. He was excellent last year until he got hurt. Chris Thompson was very good. I love Jordan Reed. Deron think, Payne was kind of my all overrated team for first rounders. Here's the thing, man. They went. They went uh, seven and nine last year, and their over under is set at seven. Over is even. Unders minus one thirty. I'm like, it's one of those ones where it's tough. I think they're more likely to go eight and eight than six and ten. Give me over, but just barely. Eric, I'll go over as well, but I don't see playoffs for this team. I like what you said about Alex Smith being, you know, close to Kirk Cousins. The gap is in age, but otherwise, not a problem. Eight and eight though. I don't think they're like golfing talent. Like I think Kirk Cousins is around twelfth best, and what what is uh, what is Alex Smith like eighteenth? Is yeah. that is that really that big of a difference? When you're going into when you start to rate the teens, it's kind of like splitting hairs. I will say I think that Alex Smith uh, has a tendency to be very shy from risk taking. That's the type of offense he likes to work in. That could mean really good things for Chris Thompson, but I'm not sure what it means. Like you talked about Josh Doxson. I love Josh Doxson. He's don't so see good. Alex Smith putting the ball up to Doxon a lot. Well, here's the thing, Kevin. Last year, Alex Smith was one of the highest-rated long ball throwers by the Deep Ball Project by Brickwall Blitz. But if you look at prior years, he didn't have He's the trust terrible. in that happening. Yeah, he, he finally like kind of broke that tool loose last year a little bit with because um, he really trusted Tyreek Hill. The other thing is, I mean, call me weird on this, I don't trust this defense to stay healthy. There's a lot of players with either injury risk or getting a little older, and I feel feel like they don't have the depth to absorb um, a few significant injuries. So as much as I like a lot of the players on this defense, I don't really trust the defense. I think this team the really ki- does look in that 6-10, and 7-9 region. Ryan, I'm taking the under. Ryan Ooh. Kerrigan is really good, but like, yeah, can he stay healthy for 16 games? I'm not sure. Uh, all right, last team I saved him for last, the Seahawks. The over-under is 8. Last year, the Seahawks went Nine and seven missed the playoffs, but there were two Blair Walshes away from being eleven and five. Let's be honest. Uh, the Seahawks over under is eight over plus one hundred five under very popular minus one thirty five. For me, this is an easy over. I think the team's likely to go ten and six. That's where I have them pegged right now. Until I do further research on our schedule for the uh, division previews that we're going to do, Kevin. Uh, they went nine and seven last year. Most of the players that left weren't healthy for the whole year. I feel like there's been a few additions, and the change in the coaching staff will be a net positive. This, I don't know, if eight and eight's giving me a push, then I'm definitely taking the over because nine or ten wins is where I feel it's at. I uh, 
I like how we're the funnest team to hate right now. It's yeah. no one, good. no one, no one people wants want to, people want to bet the under, hate. right? Eric? Yeah, and also Seahawks fans want to bet the under. I mean, let's face it the the diehards that are going to be there every Sunday are going to be like yay team. But there's there's fans in the background that are like, man, we're just gonna suck this year. What happened? Or the casual fan doesn't really know what's up. Or that the casual fan that just hates that Brandon Marshall deal because oh he's gonna mess up the locker room. It's yeah. another bad signing. It's the same person that's like, oh the Yankees always get us on trades. No, not do the research. I I'm taking the over on this, and I don't think we're gonna be world beaters. But it's an exciting time to be a Seahawks fan, and not in the way it's been in the recent memory it's it's more like we're retooling this roster we will be coming back stronger but this year we're going to be competitive it's going to be cool i'm picking the over all right uh that's uh that's it that's it we did it we did uh, it got m- there money zone uh do you, if you want to support the seahawks nest podcast there are many ways to do so but the best way is to head over to patreon.com slash seahawks nest where we can uh we put our gambling podcasts every week plus we uh, provide some other uh, light uh, off-season content. And, uh, yeah, we just do stuff over there. We're at 17 uh, patrons right now, and I'm going to read some names. Just give me, uh, like, one second. I just, I'm, just i like, re- I'm clicking. Jam that like button. All right. Forrest, who now gets to pick a movie we watch. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah. so, I'm so yeah. scared of this. Oh, um, man, I'm excited. L- Lucas, Carrie, David, Mirza, Keith, Arthur, Frank, Tom, Michelle, Josh, Brett, Augustine, William, Russell, Kevin, Cody, and Kimberly. I said Kevin, even though he's in this room. Yeah, you need to say me, otherwise I'll cancel my Patreon. (laughs) You are supporting me paying for audio equipment, so yes. So I don't forget to give money when we're actually doing something. I feel like we got twelve bucks in this because it's been a year. You can just turn around and ask me. You have you, yeah. You, I was gonna say you've you've donated like twenty something dollars to the podcast. Nice job. (laughs) So, um, the movie movie club this week. Okay, I okay. You know, to to be honest with you, I uh, I wanted to do something that I think is going to take too long. I th- I wanted to talk about the no, oceans. Movies. We're doing it. Okay, all right, fine. Um, oceans Eight comes out this week. I um, am a huge fan of the Oceans movie. I'm really excited for this movie, even though it seems like it's getting like kind of mixed reviews right now. Fans of the podcast um, know that Nathan and I are heist movie junkies. Yeah, like so, like they immediately get a plus so one in our scoring. Let's, let's talk about the Oceans movies. Um. It, so Ocean's Eleven was the first one that came out. Um, Soderbergh directed an ensemble cast that was obviously having a fantastic time making this movie. Uh, it's Universally well praised movie yeah, and deserving. So. People like it. People love it. Um, it's 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I don't think there's much to say about this movie that hasn't already been said. So I'm just going to kind of roll through that one. Is that okay with you guys? Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. That's just a really um, good movie. Go Ocean's, watch it if you haven't. Ocean's Twelve was the second movie that came out. Um, a, a lot of people. Uh, hand to this movie as if it was very bad i don't think it's that bad i think the movie is is fine it's fine to good um the audience score on rotten tomatoes is much better than the uh the critical score i think that there's a specific plot point in this movie where julia roberts pretends to be julia roberts that a lot of people hate um that's i understand that makes the it's real thin that gag and unfortunately it's like it's kind of a plot centric piece of the movie which feels bad it feels like they're cheating it's but super lazy right i never saw it and it just sounded so stupid it's a real the whole movie's kind of like an inside joke which so you're either gonna like it or you're not gonna like it i think that that's kind of what people turns people off about it i think it's fine like it's not a great movie it's definitely the worst of the three um but let's talk oceans 13 because it's the one i really want to talk about I love Ocean's 13. I think it's super underrated. Um, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. But I think, like, everyone, if you liked Ocean's 11 and then you watched Ocean's 12 and you were a little turned off, 
come back for Ocean's 13. This movie has all the gags, all the funny uh, stuff. It's a great heist at the end with a lot of twists. Uh, which just it's just it's just really really good. I like it's a Ruben centric plot. Uh, another <laughs> Ruben is awesome. One thing Ruben is awesome in this movie. My favorite thing is Matt Damon with the nose. <laughs> the nose That's plays. So dumb. The nose plays, man. The <laughs> nose plays. He's like because <laughs> uh, Matt Damon disguises himself nose. as Lenny the Pep Pepperidge, <laughs> uh, a uh, a a confidence man who is scamming. Ellen Barkin's character, which I can't remember the name right now, uh, Abigail Sponder. She, Ellen Barkin, is like the uh, the second in charge of this um, hotel they're trying to roll over, and uh, it's well, just the whole thing is it's a Robin Hood scheme too, which makes it like fun, right? It's Pacino. They're trying to screw with Pacino because they think that because um, Pacino screwed Ruben because Pacino screwed Ruben and demolished his hotel, which is Elliot Gould for uh, those of you who don't know. Yeah, so, so he, from the original Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, so he it's just super awesome, and I just love Ellen. Uh, the whole Ellen Barker thing, he's like tricking her, and then and then his dad comes in and arrests him, and he's got that stupid nose on his face, <laughs> and. I mean, I don't know. I just really like the rapport between the different Oceans characters. Like, I think that's really good. The The whole, like, uh, Sc- Scott Can, Casey Affleck brothers thing is great in this movie, as yeah. it always is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, just a, it's a great cast, and it's a fun movie. I, I highly recommend it. Uh, Don Cheadle, very good in it. R.I.P. Bernie Mac, excellent in these movies. Yeah. Like, the, the rounding up of the original cast was a good Frank, move. It felt good. Frank Catton that character is just a, that part where they're is this the one where they buy the vans in no Ocean? that's the first, oh, that's one. first one and it's so good yeah that that's like one of my favorite <laughs> in any of the movies where he's shaking that guy's hand and he's holding it so tight and the guy's just like he's like can you do can you do 10 uh, nine <laughs> he's like just squeezes a little harder was, like he, he, was he pretending it was for like a church project so he does like that oh praise the lord at the end uh I, no he, like there's, he's a, talking, there's a gag the whole there. time he's talking about lotioning his hands oh that's he, right. he says the other guy he says the other guy has really soft hands and he's like he's like i tried so many things you know wearing gloves at night and <laughs> but, it, but it oh, gets in so the way good. of my private time <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's uh or intimate it's intimacy intimacy, yeah. intimacy. <laughs> super funny. there's another funny gag in this movie where um uh they have uh saul pretend to be a hotel reviewer yes and then they so they they like really they hype it up and the then real they one. and they screw no they don't kidnap him they screw over the real one by like right. constantly messing with his room so it'll get a bad review yeah they pretend to they uh they pretend to be employees of the actual hotel and just like ruin the guy's stay. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. This is just and, uh, and I think rigging that, the slot machines. Yes, they rig the slot machines. <laughs> uh, the guy who plays um, the the actual reviewer who's getting screwed over too is like one of those uh, character actor guys who you're like, oh, I've seen this guy in like a million things, and yeah, he's really great in this movie. He's funny. Uh, also, I think that Pacino was a great choice for the straight man. He oh, plays yeah. a really good straight man. What's going on? He's a great bad guy, and it, I love that. This is whole, so hijinksy. The whole movie is just very hijinksy. They get Andy Garcia like as part of their team, and then he tries to screw them over at the end. It's really great. Um, yeah, uh, I highly recommend Ocean's Thirteen if you haven't seen. It. If you skipped it because you didn't like Twelve, I think you should just just skip Twelve. Well, you know, whatever. I like. I think it's better than people give it credit for, but it's not like great or anything. Thirteen is legitimately as good as Eleven. Are very close to it. 
it's a it's a really good sorry i i'm looking on imdb and it shows matt damon cast as linus caldwell slash lenny pepperidge which the fact that on imdb it lists lenny pepperidge is the character uh, lenny <laughs> lenny, me up. lenny the pep uh. the pep pepperidge <laughs> When his dad comes in at the end and arrests him, it's just so funny. That- well, it's like it's like in the first movie when he plays the pencil neck uh, guy from the gaming commission who's inspecting everything, and they have the part where him and Bertie Mac get into it. Yeah, over over the dealing at the table. It's uh, I Matt Damon does a thing in each of these movies, and I always appreciate the thing he does. The, the best part is in that in that scene where um he's he's getting in it with Frank Catton. Frank Catton walks over to him and he, and he cowers, yes. and it's like so good. It's like like he's gonna get hit. He cowers like he's gonna get hit. It's so funny to oh, me. Man. Um, that had to be these movies. You could just tell it was a blast to shoot. Oh, and yeah, the the rigged slot machine. So the so the diamond reviewer gets eleven mil. Like I love that at the end too. Uh, yeah. Oh, and the fake philanthropy at the end with Oprah. Oh, that thing is so funny. I don't know. I think thirteen is good. You got to see it. Got to see it. Must see. It's uh, an enjoyable ride. All right. So for Kevin Garber and Eric Ronovic, I'm Nathan Sano, and we will see you next week. Go Hawks. <laughs> <laughs>